you'll be fine. It's, there's plenty of season left. Yeah, you say that, dude. Do you realize that that damn guy is like eight and four this year? Like he's crushing me. I've, have you heard from him? I have. I have his picks this week. As a matter of fact. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to make a note to not uh, to not skip over that when we when we get to it. When we get to that yeah, part. Yeah, write that part down. Cannot uh, cannot miss that damn guy because it's been a couple weeks. They are in that damn guy fashion for sure. Love to see it. You love to see. It. Well, on that note, we can go ahead and get started. Uh, so, welcome back, everyone, to the South End Zone, Week Five in the books. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm here with Jason and Tim, as usual. Guys, another exciting weekend, and looks like we got another pretty good one coming up. Uh, Jason, what's going on? Not much, man. Just got off the golf course. Shot a not didn't shoot a great score. Got to be honest. But uh, first time I'd ever played that course. I'm at the lovely Grand National Resort here in Auburn. Still, still hanging out down here. So. Uh, could be worse, man. A good day, a bad day at the golf course is better than a good day at work. So I'm doing okay. Yeah. Well, you started to say what you shot and it sounded like you were going to say something that started with an N and not an H. So that's already like a, a decent start. You still, you kept it in the double digits. Oh uh, yeah. It was a 90 dead, even on a nine zero. Uh, yeah. I'd take that. That's not, that's not a terrible score. Timmy, what's happening? Uh, not much, man. Uh, I'm just kind of, a enjoying this like weekly reality show that we're on where like every week there's a new coach fired so i'm kind of excited to see who's on the docket next week man well i think we all know and then i guess since we have do we know because we thought that last week and and that that's kind of actually the framework of my very first question and we may as well just jump into it because we have we have quite a bit to get through this week uh, and even more than I realized, even more than I anticipated initially, because I guess we we got some correspondence from our favorite listener. But um, so, Jason, if I would have told you five minutes after the Auburn LSU game ended, after Auburn blew a 17 nothing lead and lost that in the next 24 hours, two coaches will be fired and neither one of them will be Brian Harson. What kind of odds would you given me? Oh, man, I would have given Steep, you right. Like, oh, yeah. Big, yeah. big time. Hundred percent. Yeah. So on on Sunday, um, Carl Durrell at Colorado was let go. Him him and the defensive coordinator, which I don't think is going to ever catch anyone off guard. We we talked about that literally last week that he was likely to be the next guy gone. Uh, and then somewhat initially, I was kind of surprised, but uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, Paul Chris at Wisconsin was let go, uh, relieved of his duties, which I didn't really see coming i know a couple of badger fans and they're unhappy with how the season's gone uh and how last season started and they were kind of out of it before they really started but i still was caught a little bit off guard i was caught completely off guard my pants were down man yeah i was gonna ask well i was gonna come to you with that question because we kind of talked about it in the group chat like scale one to ten your surprise factor was what like a nine man i mean i understand that wisconsin has not started off the season very well but i mean this dude was winning you know division championships for them not less than two years ago he has had a really successful tenure there you know winning division championships playing in the big 10 title game I mean, this sounds to me like Wisconsin has a little bit of a case of Nebraska syndrome where they think they're more than what they are. And I think they're really going to regret firing Chris because he was getting it done there for a long time. And, you know, it's not outside of the normal, you know, coaching possibilities to just have an off year every once in a while like you can't win 10 or 11 games every year like you're gonna have a stinker every once in a while but you have faith in the coach and you power through it but they panicked and they shit canned him and i think they're gonna regret it uh, well i mean they may time will tell so jason we've heard uh Jim Leonard's name mentioned in hey you know oh nebraska oh the, you know this place that place so he's their interim coach do you think him being a name as a potential candidate for other jobs was a factor in their decision? Like, hey, if we decide at the end of the year that we want to move on from Paul Christ and Jim Leonard's going to be leaving also because he's going to get a different job, then what do we do? Like, do you think that was a, a little bit? Because I kind of feel like it was, but I don't know if I'm off off, off base there. Well, I, you look at it this way. There's two factors to me to this uh, Wisconsin situation because I, I'm I'm the same as Timmy. I was sort of caught off guard by this. I think everybody was, but 
even the players at Wisconsin were caught off guard by it clearly because yeah. Braylon Allen tweeted out about it, you know, but all that being said, as far as Paul Chris goes at a school like Wisconsin, if you miss on a quarterback, you're fucked. Like you're going to have some down seasons and they missed, they swung and missed on Graham Mertz. He sucks. He's not good. And so they have not been able to move the ball effectively with Graham Mertz, a quarterback. So they, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. You know, if you don't have a quarterback, it's not going to work out for you, especially when you don't have elite receivers like Wisconsin usually doesn't. So that's one factor. Their offense stinks. Can I ask you a counter question to that point? Yes, but and but wait, let me finish the other All point right. before you do. The other point is, I think, Eric, you are on to something there that I think the administration and probably some boosters don't want to see Jim Leonard leave. And they are thinking, well, what's the worst that could happen? Are we really going to drop off any further by putting Jim Leonard in there and giving him a trial run these last few games? Like you said, they're already out of it. So if you're not happy with Chris, get rid of him, pay him the $11 million reduced buyout, and let Jim Leonard have a trial run. And if he does good, leave him in there and see what he does and go with that. But yeah, they, they miss big time on Graham Mertz. And to me, that was the main reason why they stink on offense. And I think that's what got Chris job. But uh, what's your question to me? Well, I was just going to say, I agree with your point about the quarterback, but I think that, you know, a couple of years ago, that may have been a death sentence to a program like that. But in this day and age in the transfer portal, I think it's a lot easier to recover from something like that. And that's why I'm I'm kind of shocked that they, you know, you know, well, they just him as fast as well, they, they did. They took well, a swing. They took a swing at Caleb Williams and missed. I mean, they, it, it's well known that they courted courted Caleb Williams and tried to get him to come to school there, but he just, you know, he turned him down. So I'm with you. Couldn't get a Michael Penix, couldn't get whoever, but yeah, I mean, you, you can fill that spot and the, but the problem is they didn't. Yeah. Right. It, and they didn't swing and miss on Graham Mertz this past August. They swung and missed on him three years ago. Right. And, and they haven't, you know, to Jason's point, they haven't fixed that deficiency yet. Like he, he wasn't great last year. He's, he was bad last year. He's, he's not been great this year. So you know, definition of insanity again. So yeah, time will tell. We'll see who ends up in those spots. Um, I would think Wisconsin, uh, if they decide to not retain Jim Leonard in the head role, I think that would be a very attractive job. I, I think they would get some good. Is that t Payne's music that I hear? That's right. You know it. I wanted to ask you guys about this. What's a better job, Nebraska or Wisconsin? I'll let Eric go first. Uh, that's a tough one. I think without like really sitting down and looking into it, my initial guess would be you have maybe a little more, uh, resource wise at Nebraska, as far as facilities, boosters, uh, NIL connections, the recruiting footprint is basically the same. I mean, there's, if you kind of draw your circle out from each place, right, there's a big, uh, kind of Venn diagram intersection in the middle, but I would lean Nebraska, but it's not that wide a margin to me. So I would go the other direction. Right now, I would say that Wisconsin's a better job. Just based on what they already have on the team and the potential to to move forward, where I think Nebraska is more of, as it stands right now, like a three- or four-year kind of overhaul to get rid of so, the culture. Think Wisconsin's just a quicker turnaround, so that would be yeah. more... Yeah. And I mean, if you're talking long term, like 10, 15 years, it it gets a little bit tougher for me because of those resources and things like you mentioned. But I think if you're a head coach coming in, looking to get into the best situation for you as a coach, I think Wisconsin might be more attractive than Nebraska. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, speaking of we talked about the fired coaches, Timmy, I'll go to you first. Were you more surprised that Paul Christ got fired? than you were that Brian Harson did not. Uh, I was more surprised that Paul Christ got fired than Brian Harson okay, did not get fired. I was fired. very surprised that Brian Harson did not. But see, I have like this cynical view of Auburn where it's just like this dysfunctional rodeo like down there where <laughs> there's no athletic director. The inmates are running the assignment. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing down there. So I'm not at all surprised that he still has a job. They're probably getting ready to offer him a contract extension, quite honestly. Do you think the fact that they have no AD at the moment is is helping him? 
Oh, absolutely. Like I said, because yes. whoever's filling that role right now has absolutely no idea what they're doing, quite obviously, because he should have been fired a couple of weeks ago. Or, or no pull, like the, the big bosses aren't going to let right. you know, amateur hour in there you know, make those kind of decisions, especially when you're talking about the money that's at stake, I guess. But uh, we'll, we'll see. They have Georgia this week you know, on the road. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, time will tell, but I, don't, I still don't feel good about his situation. So let's move on to the picks. Let's review last week's picks. Ugh. It was not a, a great week for us as a group. We were hey, uh, speak for yourself. Uh, looks like we were just under five hundred uh, against the spread. We were. F- uh, I got us at four and five against the spread, and Ugh. one out of three that's, on our that's upward picks. trajectory, man. That's all you. Can well, ask. I mean, it's not terrible. There, there were some. There were a couple of uh, tough breaks in there, but we'll start with Jason. Uh, so, you know, but good news, bad news, right? The good news is you, you avoided the offer. The bad news is you still only pulled the one. Uh, Jason, you had Georgia minus 28 at Missouri. That <sighs> game did not go like anyone expected. Uh, Georgia pulls it out 26 to 22. What jumped out at you about that game? Because you watched well, the, much I, of it, I right? watched, Yeah, I watched pretty much all of it. Uh, the first thing that jumped out is Stetson Bennett was average Joe. I mean, but bottom line, I think they just slept walk. They were not expecting Mizzou to put up any kind of fight. I mean, it, it's a typical sort of letdown game to me. I don't look at Georgia and think they're less of a team because of this. I, it's not. I wouldn't have dropped them to number two regardless of the performance. I mean, bottom line, you can say what you want to about Mizzou or any SEC team, but playing on the road in the SEC is tough, even at a place like Mizzou where – it's tough to get up for that game, but fuck, it's Mizzou's Super Bowl. But the number one thing that jumped out to me was damn Missouri's kicker. I mean, if anybody Slaughter. watched, if anybody watched that guy against Auburn to where he gift wrapped Auburn a win by missing a 25 yard field goal. And then a week later, the dude bombs a 56, 51, and a 49 against Georgia. Just killing it man it just how much how much do you think that guy puts up on the squat rack by the way like 675 i don't, I don't know yeah for a kick i mean he looks pretty sturdy for a kicker he's no yeah he, he's no rodrigo blankenship yeah it's it was impressive man it really was so but outside of him mizzou didn't do anything to wow me it just you know like i said i don't put too much stock into it it's one of those it's just a letdown game for georgia they're coming back home this week against auburn i think they'll be fine all right. Um, you went to the old trusty service oh, cabinets, yeah. came through for you. Air Force oh, and Navy yeah. uh, combined for 23 points, hitting that under 37 and a half. Refresh my memory. I want to say that that 13 10 was maybe like the halftime score as well. Did they put up a zero in the second half? Uh, I think there was only one touchdown scored in the second half. Okay. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they gave you uh, kind of exactly the sort of game you were expecting. Uh, you yeah. had LSU minus nine against Auburn. Uh, LSU won 21 to 17, um, a good victory for them, I guess. I mean, they got off to an awful start, but still pulled, over my life on bets, including LSU yeah, came, came back, pulled it out. Um, Auburn, I didn't realize this until this morning. They have been absolutely putrid in the second half of games. Um, and their last eight games against power five opponents here is the points they've scored in the second half of those games. Three. Zero six three zero six zero zero. We suck. Eight, 18 combined second half points in their last eight games against power five opponents dating back to the beginning of last season. Harson, so. getting them fired up at the half. Let's go, boys. Wow. Let's yeah. ride it out. Finish <laughs> that's, strong. That's a rough look. Um, doesn't look too good. No, it doesn't. And then lastly, uh, you took Kentucky over Old Miss at. Oh, man, this game. Plus 200? Does that sound right? That's what I have in my yeah. notes. Yeah, okay. plus 200. So they had a chance. I mean. Had a chance. They should have fucking won. Yeah, they should have. Probably. If, an, if a wide receiver is not still moving when the ball is snapped and it's illegal motion, it's fucking touchdown Kentucky and the game is over. And not to mention Will Levis, the supposedly number one draft pick, fumbles twice in the fourth quarter. It just... I, man, I was sick over that. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So what are you going to do, man? It, yeah. I, I feel like it was a good pick, and I just kind of got screwed there. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the bad breaks uh, I was talking about before. Um, speaking of bad breaks, 
Timmy, you caught one. Well, it's not really oh. a bad break. It was just a bad pick, I guess. Uh, hey, man. Pitt, <laughs> Pitt was catching 24 against Georgia Tech uh, four days after Georgia Tech fired their coach. They've looked terrible all season, uh, just not remotely competitive. Then they go up to Pitt and they get a 26-21 to 21 win. Uh, how disgusting. And Did you watch that game? Uh, I didn't watch like all of it. I kind of flipped in and out once I saw that the game was actually competitive. And you're right. I should have known better. I said last week that um, James Franklin was due for one of those James Franklin pissed down his leg games. Uh, but it's completely slipped my mind that Pat Narduzzi is good for at least yes. one of those every year as well. Equally capable. Yeah. Yeah. And this was definitely that game where they were totally sleepwalking through the game. They look like shit from everything that I saw. And, you know, the obviously the loss uh, <laughs> indicates that as well. Yeah. Uh, another team that you took as a multiple score favorite was Louisville uh, playing BC. BC scores late to win 34 to 33. I still don't understand that one. I don't either. And I am going to stay away from every Louisville game for the rest of the year because I just can't make heads or tails of a man. They are up. They are down. Yeah, Boston little, College is a terrible football team. And they're they a little no flaky. Business. Yeah, that was that was quite a piss poor performance from them. Yeah, a uh, better performance. You got a better performance out of Duke. They were laying two and a half against Virginia. Uh, they won. 38 to 17. So took them solid, behind the woodshed. Solid cover there. Uh, they worked them over pretty good. And then you hit your upset pick. You took the Jayhawks over Iowa State. Uh, you caught some breaks there because I believe Iowa State missed three field goals in that game, which finished uh, 14 to 11. So yeah, man. Yeah, big. including the including the doinker as time was expiring. You yeah, know. that was awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> well, it, take it when you can get it because you're gonna you're gonna be on the the wrong side of one of those before the end of the year. I'm sure. Not if I'm riding Kansas and fading Matt Campbell, baby. Easy no. money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So Timmy finishes with three points on the week, and uh, I came in with two because I was correct on Arizona minus 17 and a half uh, against Colorado, and I actually had to sweat that one out a little bit and say, I, I will give Colorado this, uh, and I'll give Carl Durrell this much credit. His guys played hard. Like, they played their asses off all game, even when they were down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They were out there playing hard I, I don't think he had lost the locker room I think they were just bad you know it's like you think back to like Florida last year like they they clearly quit on Dan Mullen oh yeah and that's not I don't think that was the case I think those those kids were still bought into to what he was doing they just weren't very good uh so Colorado falls to 0 and 5 against the spread this year if anyone's uh, interested in those sort of trends but 43 20 final I also hit on another Pac-12 game. I took Wazoo minus four and a half versus Cal. That was a fairly easy cover. That finished at uh, twenty-eight to nine. Cal didn't have much offensively. The yeah, less- they only yeah they only had it offensively when they played against the my pick of Arizona when they right. dropped fifty. It was like what? yeah, I don't that that one's <laughs> an aberration. Um, what what the hell? The less I talk about this game, the, the happier I'll be. I took a, I felt really good about taking Iowa plus 10 and a half. Like once the line went from 10 even to 10 and a half, I felt much better about that pick. Iowa at home, conference opponent, getting 10 and a half points. I really felt like that was a, a, a solid choice there. And they got, they, oh, they're just so bad on offense. They can't score. They cannot. I thought you had a little bit of sound reasoning when you, you, you talked me into it maybe about 20% last week. And I said, ah, well, you know, maybe you're a little bit right. But I, I now thought their be, offense is putrid. I, I thought they'd be good enough on defense and in special teams to play the field position game and at least keep the score down. I didn't expect them to win. But I was thinking maybe something like a 17-10 type, 21-13 type game. But Iowa's offense is much worse than I gave the credit for um which is a lot so missed on that one and i also missed my upset pick uh indiana over nebraska i just i couldn't pass up the value on plus 182 but they just weren't very good uh nebraska won that fairly convincingly uh, 35 21 so that was our picks so jason pulled in one point i took in two timmy leads the week with three because he he yeah buddy caught a a break on iowa state special teams this week nope nope no breaks here, guys. No breaks. Oh, and then in our uh, Fortune Favors the Degenerate games, we didn't do quite as well this week on those as we normally do. 
Um, well, there's a caveat to that because we we cut out a lot of those because we ran really long on the podcast. Right. I actually went back and looked, and we actually did pretty well on most of the games that we picked, especially the ones we all agreed upon. But for those that made it into the podcast, you're right. We did not do very well. Yeah. So, so it was a poor, poor editing job. Right. Yeah. Correct. We, got, we yeah. got to get that fixed. We got to go Correct. back and, and watch the film and figure out. Uh, so there were, there were, we had five, right. That made the final cut. Mm -hmm. uh, one that we all agreed on that, that played out well for us was taking leech land four against oh, Texas A&M. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, easy money. I'll tell you what. Texas A&M is one Devin A chain away from being the worst offense in power five. <laughs> it's not good, man. Them losing a nice Smith did not help their oh, cause. At God, all. It's, it's just brutal to watch. Um, yeah, they, they were laying four and I want to say they won by 18. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah. 42 to 21, 24 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, A&M has caught some breaks with special teams that either gave them a score or some favorable field position or defensive score. Their boy, that their offense is rough. They could they could easily be like one and four right now. Oh yeah. Another one that we all kind of agreed on that did not go how we thought was Washington minus three against UCLA. Chip Kelly Man. coming in off the top rope and <laughs> just a big yeah. town. He listened to the podcast and yeah. learned that he was on the seat warmer and got fired up. He they were up at one point forty to sixteen in the second mm -hmm. half. Uh, Washington scored late a couple, you know, kind of closed the gap, made it look a little closer than it was. But uh, Tim, you liked Washington. I liked Washington. Jason liked Washington. We were all wrong. Uh, I did mention that I would be more likely to bet the over in this game, which would have hit. That's that's really the only like smidge of credit we can take for that one. Uh, Alabama. Minus 17 and a half at Arkansas. Jason and Tim, you guys liked Alabama to, to cover that one. I thought Arkansas would keep it closer. I was clearly wrong. Oh, that game was weird, man. It, it was, it was. kind of like, it was kind of like two blowouts. Like Alabama runs up and goes up, you know, 21, nothing. And then, you know, they score again. And then Arkansas pulls and comes within four points. And then Alabama just runs away with it again, you know, late. Yeah, in the they game. blew out in the first half and then blew out again in the fourth quarter. It, yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of strange. It was really a weird game. Uh, I Man, Bryce Young going down. I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about this game, but uh, I, I think Young will probably be okay long term, but I, I would be shocked if he plays this week. I really would. I don't. I think it'll be another week of Jalen Milrow uh, this week. I think it won't matter because I yeah, think we're going to drill Texas A&M regardless. Yeah, it's, this is a tune-up game for them. And you know, the Millwood kid didn't play bad. You know, I thought he quitted himself pretty well, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, he's uh, there's a lot of talk about him being the fastest guy on the team. He's clearly a uh, an upgrade in the running game. You know, it's something that a lot of teams will have to scheme differently for from Bryce Young because, you know, Young is – definitely pass first run if he absolutely has to whereas milrow is kind of the opposite it's like well this guy tucks it you better fucking have a guy on him every play because if you don't he'll torch your whole defense so yeah i look at bryce young as being a capable runner when he needs to be i think jalen yeah. milrow is actually like an offensive weapon running the ball like a jalen hurts type right so we'll we'll see i i think alabama will probably be fine uh regardless but Something that was not fine was the Golden Gophers. They were not fine this week. Oh, they were minus, minus 12 against Timmy's Big Ten West pick, Purdue. Boom. <sighs> Purdue, Jesus. Purdue wins uh, 20, 20 to 10. So Timmy hit that one. Jason and I liked Minnesota to cover that. They, they looked awful. Karate State, minus eight versus Texas Tech. I'll tell you what, as, as time goes on, that, that two-lane loss makes less and less sense. Yeah. I got to say, they they must have just really not been checked in for that game. It was an aberration, man. I, they, I don't they, think they were practicing for Oklahoma all week. Yeah, week. they, they yeah, must exactly. have because they came back and they won convincingly at Oklahoma. And yeah, so K State was laying eight against Texas Tech. They won thirty-seven to twenty-eight. So nine-point margin there. Timmy and I had Texas Tech uh, to cover that. They did not. Jason, you liked the over at fifty-seven and a half, which which hit pretty easily. You know, as we said. Some games that didn't make the final cut, but those were the ones that, that were actually on uh, the episode last night. So kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, that's Not that's back-to-back -back weeks that I've actually laid bets on Texas Tech overs, and they've both hit. Uh, I bet I bet the over um, with them in Texas, which was at 60, and that easily hit. 
and again this week with K-State. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Used to, like, it seems like Vegas kind of forgot about Texas Tech and overs because used to, like, Texas Tech, especially when Leach was there, their totals would be in the 69s, 70s range every week when they're playing a conference opponent that could score. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just think uh, they're sort of underestimating their ability to score a little bit this week, and it wouldn't shock me if we end up uh, seeing another over this week with who they play. Yeah, because they go to Oklahoma State, who can also score a lot. And that number opened at 63.5 and, and is currently, as of a couple hours ago, at 70. Oh. And and I'm telling you, for me, 70, not unreasonable. Um, I'm not saying I would pick it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run away from it. Oh, um, yeah. That's all I'm saying. So those are, uh, those are the games. Those are the teams. Now let's talk about some individual players. Uh, Jason, who, who was your stud? Who stood out? Well, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I already kind of put it out on Twitter, uh, because I just don't think there's any other guy that really deserves the honor as much as this dude. And that would be Max Duggan from TCU. Just absolutely lit up Oklahoma, torched them 300 plus yards, passing three touchdowns, uh, had a hundred and I believe 12 yards rushing on like six carries with another two touchdowns, the dude just went off and absolutely torched Oklahoma's defense. So Max Duggan would be my my stud MVP of the week. All right. Uh, so knowing that, because he was our, our South End Zone uh, player of the week, I, I chose a different stud. Uh, shout out a different guy, another quarterback, who we've we've – thrown a fair amount of what I think is is deserved criticism his way the last you know year, year and a half. And that's DJ Uyunglele, who uh, against NC State was 21 of 30 for 209 yards and a touchdown. Also carried it 14 times for 73 yards and two scores. And he did not look great uh, the first half of that Georgia Tech game. He looked kind of uncomfortable, indecisive. But between the, the game last week against Lake, uh, Wake Forest, and this week against NC State, you know, playing probably your two best games of the year against the two best teams you've played so far is a good sign uh, for him, especially going forward. So he's starting to look like maybe the guy people were expecting to see last season. Uh, Timmy, yeah. who do you got? Um, so I have a guy from a little school up north, uh, Sean Tucker from Syracuse. Um, he carried the rock 23 times at a 10 yard per carry clip for 232 and three touchdowns. Um, I know it was against Wagner, you know, an FCS school, but I don't really care. Those are still really impressive numbers, no matter who you're playing. And, you know, for the first time on this podcast, we're going to show the the Q's a little bit of love, man. That was a really good game from that kid. He's a good player. Yeah, he really is. He's probably like the most underrated running back maybe in the country. Like he's, he's a top five guy for me. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. Uh, so that's the good, you know, we'll talk about the good before we talk about bad. Now let's talk about the bad dud Jason, who you got. All right. Well, I didn't uh, want to come up with an individual player here. I went with a, a whole defensive unit and it's on the opposite end of Max Duggan. It's the yeah. Oklahoma defense. Let's just look at the totals here. Okay. 668 yards of offense given up. We suck. 8.9 yards per play. Kid me? You're giving up a first down every fucking play almost? That's terrible. That'll kill us. 361 rushing yards. <laughs> it's I haven't seen a defensive performance like that from, you know, what we consider typically to be one of the best teams in the Big 12. Like, I could not have been more wrong about Oklahoma two weeks ago when I fucking bought their stock. And ever since I bought them, they have plummeted in value like they are oh god it's terrible their defense is equally as bad as it was last year if not worse i watched a fair amount of this game i have never i i mean their tackling is just as piss poor as it was last year we thought some of that would be fixed with venables not fixed yet no i I went back and watched this game i had them at 21 missed tackles oh you know, 361 yards rushing just because bl- th- th- these, this was my dud as well, right? That, that's really the only like candidate I could even come up with. 361 yards rushing is just absurd. 
especially when you're talking about like not a service academy team that only runs the ball because this is an addition to the 300 yards passing. Well, this and the other part of it too, it's not like they were just ripping off four yards here, four yards there. No, like they were ripping off 50, 60 at a time. They were just, just torching them. I mean, it was. Yeah, TCU had four scoring plays of 60 plus yards. <laughs> nice, um, nice defensive effort, Sooners. Yeah, Way to go. Unreal. Uh, Timmy, do you have anything else? Oh, yes, I do. All right. Who do you got? Um, I Hold wholeheartedly. On. Can, I, can, can we guess? guess? Is it Pat Narduzzi? <laughs> no. Is it, no. Is, it, is, it someone's, is it someone's offense? Yes, it is. And you know exactly who I'm about I to do. say. Yeah. The only other offensive unit that performed just as bad as Oklahoma's defensive unit was the fucking Virginia Tech Hokies putting <sighs> up 10 points. 10 fucking points against North Carolina. Okay. Do you know what North Carolina's defense was ranked in points per game before that game was played? Anybody? I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 119th. No, 125th. I was going to say they were, they had to be close to last because I think they're at 40 points at average. Yes. 125th out of 131 teams giving up 45 a game. And this dog shit offense could only put up 10 points. <laughs> After this game, UNC's average dropped from 45 to 36 and shot them all the way up to 107th. Okay. That's <sighs> ridiculous. So it was They'll a hideous performance. <laughs> and I need you to cue up the Jim Mora diddly poo rant. And I don't want just the clip, I want all of it. They deserve the whole 30 second clip. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively we couldn't make a first down we couldn't run the ball we didn't try to run the ball we couldn't complete a pass we sucked we couldn't stop the run every time they got the ball they went down and got points coaching all, we're all, all, or coaching did a horrible job the players did a horrible job it sucked it stunk i gotta ask that's good i gotta ask him like seriously like i'm not like giving you a hard time or anything is virginia tech gonna win another game this year uh, no, I, I cannot find a W on their schedule at all with the way that they're performing on offense. It's completely and utterly putrid. They're, they're stuck just, in reverse. They're, they're going to have to steal one. I, th- I don't even know if they can steal one because their offense is on the field for like 57 minutes a game. I'm going to present something. Their defense, here. I mean. Can, can I ask you a question, Tim? And, uh, you know, obviously this is in the same sort of spirit as Eric. It's not a dig. Uh, and uh, obviously I'm not making fun of you. This is like a serious question. Am I crazy to think that, like, I think it's really time that we look at starting to adjust our expectations of Virginia Tech? Like, I don't, I don't see them as a contender in the ACC any time in the next like five, six, seven seasons. I mean, I think it's just we need to hope for a bowl game. Am I crazy? Um, I don't know about six or seven years down the road, because if you have the right recruiting at that school, you can get it done because Virginia, Maryland, D.C., North Carolina, those are all really good recruiting areas um, and they've been proven. It's just that the last couple of years, all of those guys have been going elsewhere. So if you can start to get your hands on those kids and start bringing them back, that's, you know, that's where you can make yourself a contender in the ACC again. But it's just that they're so far down the shitter right now that it's going to take them three or four years of solid recruiting to dig out of it. And I don't even know if that's going to happen quite honestly, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, do we, are we putting any stock in that? Well, I don't know. Here's, here's my hang up with that theory, though, Tim, is the areas you're talking about, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, D.C. area, that that whole area, that Tidewater region is just flooded with school, you know, North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Now you got James Madison playing FBS football and doing well. They're they're five and oh, they're off to a great start. North Carolina, you know, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. Well, so, and that's my point. Like, I mean, if you had to just off the cuff. Right now, pick who's had better recruiting classes over the last five seasons, Virginia Tech or James Madison. I can go ahead and tell you right now, it's Virginia Tech. But yet, if James Madison played Virginia Tech today, they'd be a fucking 10-point favorite. And that, well, just, I don't know. I don't want to drag it out any longer than it is, but the reason why that is the way that it is is because in the previous regime, they were getting adequate 
recruiting classes, but nobody was staying. They were all transferring. So yeah. all of those kids that they brought in are playing for somebody else. Look at Hendon Hooker. Look at Tavion Robinson. All those guys are studs for other teams, and they just couldn't keep those kids. So Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we won't – We'll we'll stop shoveling dirt on the Hokies long enough to uh to take a take a break here. I think Timmy's had enough. Um, so well, before I'm gonna kick it over to before we take a quick break. Is oh, there yeah. is there any butt hurt cream that needs to be thrown out there real quick? I, mean, I think Timmy, Timmy's keeping this week's stash. Timmy, are you uh, hold, are you holding on I, to it I, for yourself? I did send out a shipment. Um, it was actually a late shipment. I didn't send it out till about. I don't know, noon today when I was scrolling through Twitter and uh, I caught the headline that Tom Brady and Giselle have uh, each hired divorce lawyers. Uh, <laughs> so this week's shipment is uh, going uh, down to Tampa Bay for old Mr. Brady. Uh, Cause I have a feeling that uh, he's going to be super butthurt that he ruined his marriage to continue to play football at the age of 45. Idiot. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> That, that yeah, that's that's a self-inflicted wound there, um, in my opinion. But I'm going to kick it over to Jason. We're going to take a quick break, get a a word from our friends at uh, DraftKings, and, and we'll be right back with this week's picks. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. Now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Now, this is important. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Now, if you listen to our show, then you would know we picked a few games this week in college football. One of my picks that I really liked was Ole Miss and Vandy under 62. So if you wanted to join me on that, or if you have several matchups that you're excited about, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. So the the Mizzou kicker, I looked up his height and weight. He's a five eleven, two forty three. Jesus, dude's a chunky man. He's a chunk. Yeah, I guarantee you, this guy throws up six hundred on the squat rack like it's nothing. Nice kicker kicker i like it all right thank you jason and welcome back uh second half of the show so we're gonna get into week six guys and there are uh, there's a lot of pretty good games um i didn't find a ton of lines that i really loved though so i'm interested to see kind of where your guys heads are at on these but jason i'm going to start with you because uh you know, unfortunately, you did come in last this past week with with your one point. So you got your first on the chopping block. Who you who do you like? Still on the tee box, man. That is okay, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Now I thought about just like starting off with uh, Army and Wake Forest over sixty six and a half, and giving you a bunch of shit about that snafu last year, picking the under. But uh, I decided to go a different direction. This is a total. Uh, the first, I'm going to go and look at a total here at first. Now, Ole Miss is on the road at Vanderbilt. Now, Ole Miss is laying 18. And to be clear, I do like that. I think Ole Miss beats them by, you know, three scores probably. But I'm going to take the total here. It, uh, it opened at 59 and a half, and it's up to 62. I'm going to take the under. Here, I don't think Vanderbilt. I think Ole Miss's defense is a little bit underrated. I think they've, you know, shown that they can shut out bad teams like Georgia Tech. And I don't think Vanderbilt will be able to score enough points. And I think there'll be a lot of running the ball for Ole Miss, especially in the second half if they get up big. I'm going to take the under 62 for Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Not bad. 
Not and bad, that's, actually. And to be clear, have, that's the only pick that I feel really good about. And, I, that, <laughs> and I'll probably miss it. Yeah, I actually have Army Wake uh, highlighted in my Fortune Favors the Degenerate games that we'll talk about because I, I figured I, that L I took last year was a hard enough that I just I have to still own it. Oh, yeah. But so my turn because um, I had two points to Timmy's three. So I go second this week. And Timmy may be scared off of, of betting Louisville games from here on out. And I, I get the reluctance because they've been flaky and I kind of swung and missed on them a couple times already this year. One thing I'm not reluctant to do is fade Virginia. Oh, so very so give fair me, point. So give me Louisville minus three versus UVA. Yeah. Interesting point about Virginia. Everybody gave Tony Elliott flack about how, um, you know, the quarterbacks regressed under his regime at Clemson. And then he uh, bolts and goes to Virginia and Brendan Armstrong looks like a shell of himself compared to the last couple of years. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that kid. You think it's a, a difference in scheme thing like we talked about last week with Van Dyke? It could be, but I mean, from what I've seen of them play, he's just not making smart decisions, you know, combined with the fact that most of the time he's running for his life. They're they're bad up front, yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. All right. Well, who do you like if you don't uh, if you don't like Tony Elliott and Brendan Armstrong in Virginia? So I'm going to take inspiration from your stud of the week, and I'm going to lay twenty and a half with Clemson over Boston College. Um, <laughs> Clemson's offense so far this year. I know we gave them a lot of shit at the beginning of the year, but they're uh, putting up forty two a game while Boston College is only throwing up 20. And I feel like Clemson's offense has kind of figured it out, man. They've you know made some mistakes in, in every game so far, but by and large, they've really turned it around from last year. And then Boston's college defense is, is not good. You know They're giving up 31 and a half a game. So I think Clemson smoke checks these guys, and it's beat down city. Yikes. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I guess if Clemson can beat NC State by 10, there's no reason to think they can't beat BC by three touchdowns. Um, BC's not not a very good team. Uh, Jason, round two. Oh, man, round two. All right, well, I'm going to stick to a team that we liked in the preseason, and I think they get a at least a field goal win this week on the road. And I'm going to take a page out of Timmy's book and I'm going to fade Matt Campbell. God damn it. So I'm going to take Kansas state on the road here. Minus two. Now to be clear, I don't feel great about this pick. This is more of a just fade Matt Campbell pick and maybe Kansas state keeps it going. I <laughs> This is not a game that I just absolutely love. I would be more apt to pick the, under at under 45 normally but i said kansas state was going to be good in the preseason so i'm going to stick with that and give me kansas state minus the two i'm going to lay those points hey i get half a point if that hits for turning you on to the fade matt campbell train here stop good god you get nothing and like it uh <laughs> you son of a gun i was going to pick them second um i guess i'm going to my my backup round two pick uh purdue and maryland I got him over 59. I think that one, I think that number is way too low for these two offenses and these two defenses. Purdue, man, I, I, I don't know what to make of Purdue. I really don't. I, I thought they would get thumped a week ago and they ended up having a great defensive performance and making Tanner Morgan look like absolute dog shit. Make, you know, he threw three picks. I don't know if that's really based on what Purdue did or if Minnesota just laid an egg. I mean, they were at home. I don't know. I kind of thought that was more of what Purdue's defense did. And if they can do that to Maryland, you might be in trouble there. But uh, you might be okay here. Well, Minnesota is primarily more of a run-first team, and Mohamed Ibrahim did not play. Yeah, that's one thing that I didn't know. I mean, he was like a late scratch. Like 20 minutes before the game, they announced he's not going to play. I don't think anybody knew. I would not have rode that. I mean, I, I don't put a ton of stock in a, a running back going down, but man. But that running back, yeah. Their offense kind of looked completely inept without him. Yeah, I look at Minnesota, and I think their offense runs more through him at points than the, than it does through the quarterback. And Maryland is not like that. It all goes through the quarterback, right? They, yeah. they chuck it. And uh, I just, I like those teams to score 60. Timmy, you're on two. All right. So I'm going to take another uh, big spread here and lay some more points down. Uh, I'm going to lay 26 
with Ohio State against Sparty. It shouldn't surprise anybody that Ohio State is second in the country in average scoring margin at 34 uh, per game. You know, they're out there kind of hurting people's feelings. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with their defensive performance this year. And for the most part, Michigan State has looked like how you know, me and Eric kind of thought they would look at the beginning of the year, which is they are who we thought they were. And I think Mel Tucker is going to need them shorts because Ohio State's coming with some heat this week. Another beatdown city alert. I, I thought they'd be average. I didn't think they'd be bad. I, I've got a take from our uh, one of our good friends at the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Uh, yep. uh, you can catch him on the Pigskin Podcast Network. He's uh, you know Apple. Uh, I. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. He's on all the major networks. So be sure if you're a Michigan State fan or just a Big Ten fan in general to check him out. So I got his take on this game and just Michigan State in general. It's uh, pretty short, so bear with me. He said, bottom line, we're not as talented as we thought we were. And on top of that, injuries have really piled up, lost our three best defensive players in the first two weeks of the season. Our coordinators should both be on very hot seats. Defense is an embarrassment at this point, and offense isn't much better. Uh, And then as far as Ohio State goes, he said, I would lay more than the 24 and a half or whatever it is now. I would not be shocked if this this game ends up 52 to 10. Man, it sounds like he needs to change his Twitter profile picture to a dejected Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette yeah. with a Spartan shirt on like I did. Yeah, not good. I don't know that he's way off base, though. Yeah, like, I don't think I mean, so either. I mean, this oh, game not was, at all. This game was 49 to nothing at halftime last year, and Michigan State had a pretty good team. They just absolutely melted those dudes. Yeah, um, and this year they're not good. And so, and yikes. So, so what did you say? That was minus what? 26 and a half? Uh, I think it's 26. Uh, tw- 26 on the nose. Yeah. Okay. Final chance at glory, Jason. Round three. <sighs> Man, I want <laughs> I want to lay these points with Georgia so bad at 29 and a half because I think they just destroy Auburn. But <sighs> I-, I can't do it. I'm going to. Don't let last week scare you away. You know Kirby Smart is sideways in their ass as we speak, right? Well, and that's something I thought about. I was like, yeah, man, I'm, they, I'm sore from their practice today. Yeah. That's, I was like, I kind of more than anything, I just feel bad for Auburn, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to bet that game. I've said all week or all year that I think Utah is a playoff team. They are on the road this week, but I don't put any stock or points or home field advantage for the Rose Bowl. Nor should you. Typically, when I've bet against Chip Kelly, he screws me, and that could happen again here. But I'm going to lay the four and a half with Utah here. I think UCLA is a bit of a smokescreen. I mean, Utah destroyed this team last year, and I just don't. I mean, they've destroyed them every year under Chip Kelly. And so if you're going to tell me that it's all of a sudden going to be different, okay, maybe. But I'm not buying it until I see it. So give me Utah minus four and a half. I really like that one. I'm kind of annoyed that you snuck in there and, and got one from me again. Um, I was tempted to take this next one as an upset pick, but I'm just I'm not quite there yet because of their defense, but I will take the four points. So give me UNC plus four versus Miami. I don't know what to make of this game. I want to hear what Timmy's take on this game is. Oh, I'm in complete agreement with Eric. Miami's in deep shit. And I know that North Carolina has a terrible offense, but I think that that's their identity or uh, terrible defense. Sorry, but I think that that's their identity. I I think that they just want to go and outscore everybody 75 to 70 and they're fully capable of doing it. And I don't see anything that Miami has on defense. That's going to stop them from putting up 40 or 50 points. And I think UNC could roll big in this game, honestly. Yeah, I, I just I question whether Miami's offense is good enough to even really put up points on North Carolina's defense. Like they've they've looked bad offensively all year. So yeah, I'll take the points. If you're gonna give me four with with Mac, well, I'll certainly take them. You get an extra half point for the Jordans too. Don't forget about that. I'll no, I'll take that half point too. Because I think they'll probably win outright. But if you're just gonna pile points on, then I just, you know, fill up my plate. Uh Timmy, finish us off for the spreads. 
so I'm going to make a play on one of your picks, Eric, earlier. I'm going to also play the Purdue and Maryland game, but I am going to take the points with Purdue at oh. plus three. I think they're riding high off that big win over Minnesota, keeping their Big Ten West crown alive. They're going on the road to Maryland. Not a real daunting place to play. And I really liked what I saw out of Purdue last week. You know, their defense was impressive, and I thought their offense was starting to warm up. I like this play here. Plus three, easy money, man. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to pick Purdue in the preseason, I can't, I, I have to respect you sticking with it. I'm a man of my principles. That's right. Well, yeah, it's just unclear what principles those are. Uh, Jason, first, well, not first, uh, only upset pick. So I'm going to be perfectly clear here. My my pick would have been Oklahoma, okay? I think they are, let me double check this, I think they're plus 212 on the money line, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here. It's going to be close to that. They're minus seven, or I'm sorry, they're plus seven, so... Yeah, plus 216 on the money line for Oklahoma. That would be my pick normally, but, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with that because I don't like the other one as much. Now, this is there's a caveat to this because Dylan Gabriel may not play, and if he doesn't play, then I like Texas to win here, period. But if he does play, then I think getting the value at plus 216 on the money line for Oklahoma is just too much to pass up, so... I think both of these teams have a lot of issues, especially defensively. I'm going to go ahead and put it in, even though Dylan Gabriel may not play. And uh, to be clear, my backup would be probably Arkansas over Mississippi State, but KJ Jefferson also may not play. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. But put me down for Oklahoma plus 216 on the money line to get the upset over the Horns. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my value that I went after is not nearly as good. Uh, I was kind of waffling between two and I ended up just taking the points with North Carolina. So my upset pick will be Georgia Southern over Georgia state. Um, I've, I've seen both of these teams play a couple of times and I think Georgia Southern. Am I crazy? Is the wrong team favored here? Yeah, I think they're the better team personally. Um, That's me too. Like why is Georgia state favored? I don't, I don't really understand it. Yeah, I mean, I have two and a half. What's that now? Uh, I believe it's three. Three yeah, even. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So you're plus. Uh, you're. Let's see. You are plus one twenty on the money line uh, there. Okay. Yeah, one twenty. Well, I'll take that. Timmy, who's losing this week? Um. So I thought for sure that Eric was going to grab this one on his upset pick, and I'm kind of shocked that you didn't. I am going to take Florida State over NC State at plus 131. NC State's an imposter, man. I've said it before. We were sold some goods that are spoiled, okay? They are nowhere near as good of a team as everybody's making them out to be. The last two weeks have just further proven that to me. And Florida State, they finally look, look like they have their shit together under Norvell. Um, and I think they get a big road W this week. Ooh, I got to be honest. I, I'm not, I would not be on board with that. I, I think Florida State, especially in the you line just of scrimmage, is, see. They're, they're, their line of scrimmage is concerning, man. That's all I'm going to say. They're, they're not great up front. Um, and I think that's one thing that's really kind of holding them back. I, you know, they're getting there. They're they're making strides. They're becoming a quality team. But if they don't get to that, you know, eight nine win mark, it's going to be because of their offensive line most likely. I think that'll be a good game. I do plan on watching it. I'm kind of torn. It, it's a big game for them because they have Clemson next week. So they're in a, a three game stretch of Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. So arguably the three best teams they'll play depending on how you feel about LSU, I guess. And they get them all right in a row. So all right, now, Timmy, it'll, I it'll be interesting to see. Now, Timmy, I missed one of your picks here. What was your third spread you took? I took Ohio State minus 26. Uh, that, I've got that as your second one then. And, okay. Then his oh, third one uh, was Purdue, Purdue plus three. Ah, Purdue plus three. Okay, all right. I'm, that's the one I missed. All right, I've got them all. Okay, well, real quick, we'll recap. Uh, Timmy. You are on Clemson, minus 20 and a half. Ohio State, minus the 26 over Michigan State. Uh, Purdue, plus the three against Maryland. And Florida State over NC State. And you are plus 131 on the money line. 
Uh, for me, I'm on Ole Miss and Vandy under 62. Kansas State minus the two over Ohio State on the or Iowa State on the road, excuse me. Uh, Utah minus four and a half on the road at UCLA, and I'm on Oklahoma. Hopefully, Dylan Gabriel plays plus two sixteen on the money line over Texas in the Red River Shootout, and then uh, Eric, you are on Louisville minus the three and Purdue Maryland over fifty nine and a half. North Carolina minus the four against Miami, and you are on Georgia Southern over Georgia State plus 120 on the money line. Excellent. So I have a a handful of games for fortune favors of the degenerate, but before we do that, uh, maybe we should see, since we just made our picks, what that damn guy is picking this week. What's what's he got on the hook? All right. Queued up for us. Yep. So I emailed that damn guy. And he's got uh, three picks here for us, so write these down, Eric. (laughs) And to be clear, I I wouldn't touch any of these. Um, He's on the under in LSU and Tennessee at 63. So that line has moved a little bit since then. Let me see what that is right now uh, because that damn guy doesn't get to pick at different times than us. He's going to pick with us. So I got it at 64. Okay. So yeah, he says under 63. So if it get if it you know finishes at 64, then we'll give him credit. But uh yeah, LSU Tennessee under 63. He's on Georgia minus 30. He's fading Auburn. Don't blame him. And then he is also on Mike Leach minus the eight against Arkansas. So that is the three picks from that damn guy this week. Loves those. I think those are all fairly solid. Yeah, I don't hate those. Like- completely you know bonkers like they usually are yeah i don't know i i mean mississippi state is probably the one i'm most comfortable with there picking under 63 in a tennessee game is scary (laughs) to me but that's not a it's not a night game in baton rouge and i'd like to know whose fucking idea it was to make that an 11 o'clock kick central time that's lame uh that was ESPNs. Uh, would would they be someone that you would think would know anything? Uh, I, I yeah, I read about that, and it's got something to do with like the pecking order of uh, between them and CBS, who gets to choose which game. Um, it, it's almost like a draft style. Yeah. So it. Well, the night game. Uh, yeah, the, the night game for Tennessee is next week. They play Bama at night. Right. So is that a home game for them? I believe. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, Tennessee. yeah. Alabama's on the road at Tennessee. That'll be a, I believe it's eight Eastern kickoff. So, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Um, speaking of Bama, since no one picked them, let's get our. Let's, I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on that game. Uh, and I'm going to be honest. Six months ago, this was a circle the calendar type game, and it really does not feel like that um, at all today. So, A and M at Bama. Bama's favored by. I got it at uh, 24 at the moment. Yep. I think they crush these guys. I think they just absolutely eviscerate Texas A&M. Mm, what do you, I want to hear Timmy's take first. Oh, 100%. You know, I don't give a shit who plays quarterback for Alabama. Texas A&M has looked like complete dog shit all year offensively, and they, they don't got nothing for Alabama, dude. This is beat down city alert again. Yeah, I, just, I look at Alabama minus 24, and really what I ask myself is, do I think Alabama can score 35 on them? Because that's really what the question is. Yeah, basically. And I, I think the answer is yes. So I'd be curious to hear Jason's thoughts. I would not bet this. Uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Alabama destroys them, like you guys say. You know, uh, they obviously have plenty of motivation from the offseason to, you know, go in and play their best game and destroy them. But at the same time, it's almost like you don't want to focus too much on it and sort of forget about the rest of the season. You kind of, you know, you got Tennessee looming next week. You don't want to obviously be thinking about that, but you can't just circle this for the entire season and this become your Super Bowl. So 24 points is a lot. I know Texas A&M's offenses look like trash. 24 points is a lot. I mean, to, to say that Alabama's going to just automatically win by four scores, I don't know that I would go that far. I wouldn't bet it. If I was going to bet something, I would bet the over, honestly, because I think Alabama will be able to score on them. But Texas A&M has enough athletes where it would not shock me for them to hit a big player too. 
either in the kicking game or a deep bomb to somebody. Alabama secondaries look suspect at times this year. They've looked a lot better the last couple of weeks, but I wouldn't touch this game if I if you force me to pick something. I would just bet the over. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I really actually I'm kind of surprised. I would have thought you'd be a little more enthusiastic about Alabama just slobber knocking these dudes. But, well, um, I just don't know what Jalen Milrow is going to look like because I, I think Texas A&M's defense is better than Arkansas's. And yeah, he looked great against Arkansas's depleted secondary. And, you know, they were just kind of beat down in the fourth quarter of that game. They just sort of ran out of gas and he, you know, they ran away with it. But I think Texas A&M's defense is a little bit superior to Arkansas's. So backup quarterback potentially playing, I would be hesitant to lay 24 points with a backup quarterback against Texas A&M's defense. That's all I'm saying. Next game is uh, kind of a darling of the show, Timmy's boys, uh, down in Lawrence, Kansas. They are hosting a team that has looked fantastic uh, last couple, three weeks. That is TCU. He is favored by seven on the road at Kansas. Jason, what do you think? Or is the over 62 and a half the play here? Because I'm kind of leaning towards that. Well, the... Uh, the total that I've got here, uh, based on scoresandodds.com, for our listeners, that's where we go for our uh, lines and totals and such. And you can probably find a better total than this out there, depending on what platform you use. But oh, I'm the, sorry, it's 67, and I got a, yeah, correct. A rogue, yeah, yeah. So 67 and a half uh, is the current total. I'm with you, Eric. I do like. I still like I, that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably a pretty good number. But as far as the spread goes, as bad as I hate to say it, man, I think the party's over for the Jayhawks. I just, I know game day is going to be there. It's going to be hyped up. I don't love the spread. I don't know that I would bet TCU to cover seven, but I think they play spoiler and go in there and end Kansas's undefeated season. Timmy, I know you got a rebuttal all queued up. No, no rebuttal, man. <clears throat> I, I'm of the opinion as well that TCU is going to beat uh, Kansas. Like you said, I don't know if it's going to be by, what would you say, 10? Seven. Uh, seven. Or seven. You know, I, I think if they're going to beat them, it's going to be a much closer ball game, maybe, you know, last-minute field goal or something like that. But, yeah, I don't think Kansas comes out on top in this game. And I actually do like the over in this game, even at 67, quite honestly. Yeah. Now that being all, all that being said, I hope Kansas wins. I hope they can, I hope they continue their undefeated run. I would love to see it. I would love to see them get a big win with college game day there and all of the above, you know, couches burning. I would love to see it, but I just don't have a lot of faith that they can for like a Kansas, Michigan Rose bowl, something like that later on in the year. Yeah, man, let's, let's make it happen. Maybe Duke can win out and Kansas and Duke can play in a big bowl game at the end of the maybe, year. And then maybe we can finally get <laughs> yes the doubleheader since the bowl game would be in late December, early January. Yeah, God, that's, be fantastic. that's what I'm hoping for, man. Uh, Duke and of, Kansas in the Orange Bowl. Let's make it happen. Yes, like we all predicted at the beginning of the year. Um, <laughs> speaking of burning couches, Tennessee is on the road at LSU. They are favored by three. What is the potential for couch burning in Baton Rouge, Timmy? Um, burning couches because they're mad that they lost by 30 points is a hundred percent burning couches because they beat Tennessee zero percent. Tennessee is going to thump these guys. Are you (laughs) fucking kidding me? End of story. Holy shit. All right. Well, should have known that was coming, man. The Brian Kelly Kelly hate is real and still very much alive. The guy's four and one. He just cannot catch a break. No. Um, Jason, what do you think? I, I mean, I do like Tennessee laying those points. I, I don't. I wouldn't lay thirty like Tim. But well, I'll I'll put it to you this way: If this was a night game in Baton Rouge, then I would have this line at almost a pick'em. But I, I like the line at minus three for Tennessee. I think their offense is better. I think they'll have some success, but. I'm still down on Tennessee's defense, man. I don't think their defense is that good. I think LSU will be gassed up for this game. I wouldn't have a play here. I would be the opposite of that damn guy, and I would take the over 64 because I think both teams will score a lot of points. 
Now, that being said, who knows? LSU's offense might look like shit like it did in the first half against Auburn. I don't know, man. If I had to bet on who wins, just gun to my head, I would say Tennessee. But it would not shock me if LSU pulls the upset at home. I mean, they're not a they're not an underdog at home very often to anyone other than Alabama. So, oh, all right. Well, that's but that's all the games uh, we got for picks this week for week six. It actually looks like a really good slate of games and a lot of fantastic viewing choices and. If you guys don't have anything else, we can wrap up and look forward to week seven. So we'll be kind of on the, not necessarily the home stretch, but the second half of the season, uh, which means much sooner than I would like. I'll be like the Pablo Escobar meme, just sitting in the swing, staring off at the sunset, waiting for college football to start back up again. Well, I'll be 4-0 this week, so I'm firing back with a fury. I'll be 4-0. Yeah, we got to do better as a group. It wasn't... It, we didn't. We did not bathe ourselves in glory. This past hey, I week. did my part last week, and I'm trending upwards. So look the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. all right. We'll see. Yeah, time will tell. I, I won't hold my breath, Timmy. But other than that, you guys can find us on Twitter at uh, Jason Bailey forty seven, at Eric Mulher, and at se underscore Timmy Poe. Throw us a subscribe and a like, and we will see you next week. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>